Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Terrans. I'm Rachel. And I'm Teresa. And this is Terra Astralis. On a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, a Tuesday. It's um, not for you. <laughs> not for you guys. It'll be up on Thursday. But yes. for us, it's Tuesday. It is so. Tuesday. It is my day off. And I did this case last night and this morning. I knocked on a window and said, I have stuff to do. Let me in. Can you tell that we've already recorded this intro? <laughs> we have. <laughs> We're here again. It's okay. So. Um, but yeah, uh, we have some good news for the podcast. So a network reached out to us on Instagram. Go follow us on Instagram, by the way. If you haven't yet, it is Terra Australis Podcast. Um, but someone reached out to us and asked... Um, that's not canon. Yes. Network. And so we are joining a podcast network, guys. Yes. Um, for those who don't know what a network is, it's basically a community of podcasters mutually kind of shouting each other out and helping each other gain bigger audiences. Mm -hmm. So our podcast is going to go somewhere. So expect a lot of like little tidbits about other podcasters that we like and you know, like we're just me shouting each other out, supporting each other. I think most of them are Australian as well. It's Amazing, and the, I listened. Yeah. I started listening to the first episode of the podcast I was telling you about the um, murder in Oz one. Yeah. Um, they are very Australian. I love that. They live so in much. Brisbane, and their accents and like everything. I'm so used to hearing American accents like online and all that. So yeah. Hearing an Australian accent like ours, I'm sitting here like, what the? F- we exist online. Yeah. It's weird. Barely. <laughs> yeah, barely. Yeah. Wait, apparently, isn't that like a conspiracy theory? <laughs> Flashback to last week's episode. Guys, oh yeah. If you haven't listened to I that. got a lot of really good feedback on last week's episode. It's awesome. Yeah, and a lot of people are saying that we should bring Casey back for another say, one. It's because they prefer Casey over me. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, bring back <laughs> Casey. That's <laughs> yes, okay. I'm not hurt. <laughs> um, yeah. Apparently, Australia doesn't exist. Remember, we're all paid out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wish. At least I would not be working. I found someone I that. ages ago. I found someone on TikTok who was like, everyone who says they're Australian actually live in Argentina. And so I looked up the weather in Argentina and it was supposed to be snowing. And I went outside and it was bright and sunny. I went, where the fuck is my snow? Yeah. <laughs> like, I've never seen the snow. Neither Fun fact, I. guys. So, like... If I'm living in I Argentina, I want to build a fucking snowman. Yes, we live in an Can England, we please. go somewhere on holiday when we're like rich and famous oh, yes. and just build snowmen? Yes, guys, please make us famous so we can go see the snow. <laughs> yes! What <laughs> <laughs> oh, a time. Today's episode is 
scary, it's sad, but it's also bitchy in high school. So it is a lot of things all wrapped up. It is essentially a... Um, chick flick with murder? Chick flick with murder. Yes. Let's go with that. So, I'm going to start off by telling you what it is for the starters. That would be good. You guys have probably already read the title, but today's episode is the kidnapping, torture, and murder... Moida. Moida of Shanda Cher. So... I gotta say that name, something about it just Shanda Cher, yeah. That and she was twelve years old. What okay. So it is yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um I know a lot about this case because I've been like obsessed with it for a very long time. And my favourite podcast, uh, Morbid, Morbid a true crime podcast, they covered this and I wanted to wait long enough between when they covered it to when I wanted to cover it because, you know, I don't want them coming from me. I did message them. They haven't replied. It's okay. Yeah, I know. I keep on checking that out. <laughs> they probably get a lot of messages, though. Oh, they would. Absolutely. Um, so, I'm doing today's episode a little bit different because the last episode that I did, I did listen to it afterwards. And I... It was very scripted. So, I had, like, my printout. So, I've got my laptop because I did it at her house this morning and I didn't have to go and have a printer. <laughs> um... I more so just wrote like little pointers for starting conversations, so like conversation prompts, rather than it being all scripted. So I do have some parts that are written down exactly as they are. Um, there's some notes passed back and forth between these teenagers, and there's also like the facts at the end um, to do with the actual moida that I um, didn't want to get wrong. So. Sorry guys, without I hiccuped. If you heard a weird noise, I hiccuped. Just I said it. Without further ado. Ado? Ado. What? Without further ado. Yeah. I said without further ado. Okay. I probably distracted you with my hiccup. You did. Sorry. <laughs> Alright, so let's go into the people involved. We have 12-year-old Shanda Cher, who is the victim in this. Um, we have Melinda Loveless, who is 16. Oh, damn. That Amanda last name. Heveron, who is 15. Laurie Tackett. 17, Hope Rippy, 15, and Tony Lawrence, 15. And those are all the people who are mainly involved in this story. And it all starts off with a love triangle between Shanda Cher, Melinda Loveless, and Amanda Heverin. Wait, you said this is in high school, but Shanda Cher is 12. She is. So I think it's like a middle school, high school mix. Oh, this is in America? Yes. Okay, that makes more sense yes, then. Yes, it is. So. Got it. Yeah. So I think it's like a middle school, high school mix. Um, so the love triangle was between 16-year-old Melinda Loveless, 15-year-old Amanda Heverin, and 12-year-old Shanda Cher. So, okay, no 12-year-old should be getting into a relationship no, with a 15 and 16-year-old. And also the way it was gone about was very adult. Um, we will see that Shanda Cher was very mature for her age. She looked a lot older than she was. Yeah, but at the same time, so, the... The age gap, like, I know, like, that age gap isn't, like, a lot. It's maybe, like, four years. But at the same time, a 12-year-old compared to a 16-year-old, that's... Oh, very, very different. very different. Well, another thing we'll see is all of the murderers are out now. All of them. Um, That pisses me off. There's four girls who were involved in the murder, and they are all out. Um, But you can see just how much of a difference there is between when 
they went to prison as teenagers and when they got out because they are re rehabilitated because they were kids yeah your brain develops so much and you can really see the difference here and yeah. where it all went wrong and the thing is you're not expecting this you you see high school drama you see middle school drama in this case both um, <laughs> but you don't think that it's going to end like this no you know you see Drama, you see girl fights. All we that. all had those. Oh, absolutely. High, in high school, school is a battlefield. You oh see, God, I hated you it. You see some girl fights in high school. Yeah. But you never think it's gonna end this badly. No. So, I'm going to go into the background on Melinda Loveless. Please do. Quite fitting name. We will say, Melinda Loveless was born in New Albany, Indiana, on October twenty eighth. 1975. She was the youngest of three daughters to Marjorie and Larry Loveless. Larry Loveless was abusive to the whole family and began to molest their eldest daughter from infancy. Right. Yep. So their eldest daughter Michelle from the time that she was an infant up until he left he was molesting and abusing her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Marjorie described Larry as a sex-obsessed pervert who would force her into unwanted sexual encounters on a daily basis. And a man who would not only abuse his family, but also other women whenever he could. So he was just an all-round ass. <laughs> he was a terrible, terrible guy. And this is what Melinda was growing up in. So um, he also molested and assaulted their second child, Melissa, when she was young. So we have Michelle, Melissa, and Melinda. They're they really daughters. like M's. They do! <laughs> Marjorie is the mum. Oh wow! Yeah, it's a lot of M's. It's a lot. Yeah, I was. I got very confused. It's Kardashians, <laughs> but for murder. <laughs> M for murder. So Larry was a prick. He was an arsehole to his entire family. He abused them. He sexually assaulted his kids from birth. And he also did the same to anyone he could meet. He was spying on the neighbours' kids, and he did eventually get in trouble for this. Oh. But, yeah, not good guy. God, that, so. is, that is like a fear. What if I have kids in the future, and I see my neighbour spying on them? That... Oh my god, I would kill them. Y I would hands down kill them. Like, they just... Yeah, no, absolutely not. That I would hands down kill them. terrifying. It is terrifying. Because you literally have maybe a tin fence between you two. There is some very scary people in the world, and yeah. I am scared to bring children into a world like this. Yep. Melinda never admitted to Larry molesting her as a child and even denied this later on. However, it was stated that she had slept in bed with him until he abandoned the family when she was 14. So up until that point, they had slept in the same bed together. And he had done this with all of his daughters as well. Right. But especially Melinda. Melinda was very attached to him and formed a very unhealthy relationship with her father. Yeah. And she seeked his validation. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. So, neither parents were focusing on taking care of the children, which meant that Michelle, the eldest, had to raise her siblings as best she could, while also being abused by her father. And Marjorie was just not, she was not it. She was going and having affairs, she was all over the place, she wasn't focused on looking after her kids at all. Um, when Melinda was five, the family became deeply involved in the Baptist church, with Larry using religion as another tool to abuse his family. 
as they do. Guys, don't use religion for your no, own you know, pleasure or needs. Like, it, religion is something that is very personal, but there is a lot of people who weaponize it. And that's not okay. That's not okay at all. No. He would burn the kids' toys and books all the while. He was still emotionally and physically tormenting everyone around him. Larry also decided that Melinda needed an exorcism at one stage, in which he left her alone in a hotel room for five hours with a 50-year-old man. Because he claimed that he could do it. So this 50-year-old man had claimed that he could, quote-unquote, fix her. And um, since Larry had decided that Melinda, five years old, needed to be exercised, um, she was left alone for five hours in a motel room with a 50-year-old man. And according to her, she just thinks that she slept. So she's compartmentalised that. She doesn't remember any of it. Probably for the better. But yeah. So, during their childhood, Marjorie was frequently attempting suicide. And the kids grew up having seen many of these attempts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, eventually, Larry and Marjorie divorced and Larry left the home. Despite all that he'd done to her growing up, Melinda took her father leaving as a major hit and spiralled. Um, she really just looked for any validation wherever she could find it after that. Yeah. Um, so, Larry did end up getting arrested um, for peeping on children and raping and sodomizing children in the area. Um, he got basically a slap on the wrist in prison, was released, <sighs> and then karma hit him. Oh, good. boss. Yes! Literally. Regina <laughs> George, that bitch. Oh my yeah. god. He was hit by a bus and it's he died. really, it's like a chick flick. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, and Marjorie remarried, so the kids had a stepfather. We all know how that usually goes. But um, he was actually very good to the family. He treated good, them really good. well. Good, good. Um, he even said to Melinda, you know, I'm not your dad, he's your dad, but I can be your friend. You can come to me when you want. Like, I'm not going to try to replace him. But she wanted none of it. She didn't want anything to do with him. Because she was just, she was so obsessed with her dad. She just, yeah. she, she missed him. She didn't want anything to get in between that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I so, mean, I kind of understand that. Let's get into... I mean, I don't because I don't have a dad. But, like, I can understand how... <laughs> Yeah. Some people don't want their stepdad acting like a dad. Well, he was because he wasn't trying to overstep, but I think it was just. Oh no, yeah. he seemed very um, respectful. Yeah, and the, the other kids situation. responded well to that. It, she just didn't. Okay. Um, so. Melinda, As you Melinda said, before, she had, was very attached to oh, her yeah. father. So. And she was very. She compartmentalized a lot of her childhood trauma, and she sort of really stayed in that space where she didn't grow up yeah so let's get to how melinda and amanda came yes to please in 1990 at age 15 melinda started dating amanda heffron this was the first time that either of them had officially expressed feelings with another girl and the relationship became very intense very quickly oh she immediately became obsessed and possessive over Amanda and she began controlling and abusing her from the jump. Yeah. So it was a very, very intense relationship. Like it was their first, not only their, one of their first relationships in general, but also they were 
finding out who they were, like they're still growing, they're still expressing themselves. And Their first queer relationship. Yes, yeah. it's a big deal. It it's is. A big deal. I yeah. remember my first girl-girl relationship and it was, yeah, it was big. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a very exciting and new thing. But unfortunately, they attached themselves to each other very quickly and it became very, a very dangerous thing very quickly. Yeah. Um, Melinda would often force Amanda into sexual situations where she wasn't comfortable. Basically expressing all the behaviour that she'd learned from her father growing up. Yeah. Yeah. And everything that she'd been exposed to as a child. Despite this, the both of them were very dependent on each other. Especially since being in a same-sex relationship wasn't widely accepted at that time. When this was, was in this? 1990. Yeah. yeah. So it definitely wasn't a massive thing then. Like, it, yeah, so... I mean, it still lot. isn't fully ex um, accepted today. Like so they, it was sort of like them against the world. Yeah, and it just got very, very. It definitely would have felt like it for them. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about Shanda Cher. How she comes into this, her background. Shanda Renee Cher was born in, born at Pineville Community Hospital in Pineville, Kentucky, on June sixth, nineteen seventy nine, to Steve Cher and Jacqueline Vaught. <laughs> Jackie for short. Um, okay. Her parents were later divorced and she was said to be very close with both of them as well as her step parents. So she had the complete opposite upbringing to Melinda Loveless. Yeah. She, um, and as far as, um, things are concerned, I think Amanda had a pretty standard childhood as well. Okay. But, um, Shanda and Melinda had a very, very different upbringing. Okay. Shanda's yeah. upbringing was filled with like love. She had support from all angles, and she seemed to be just a well-rounded girl. Um, she attended Saint Paul School in Louisville, where she was a straight A student and was on the cheerleading, volleyball, and softball teams. Ooh. So she was going to a private school. She yep. was thriving there. She was straight A. She was a good student all round. Good she relationship was... with her parents. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she, was, really she was a good student like she was a good yeah. person and everybody loved her everybody said that there was nothing bad they could say about her so where did it go wrong <laughs> at the age of 12 shanda became very into fashion she wanted to express herself more freely and she couldn't do that wearing the uniforms at a private school so she begged her parents to transfer to public school can I and just say, watched. as two Australian girls, who it doesn't matter if you're in a private or public, because we've both been to private and public schools, uniforms are not that bad. Like, it's annoying at times, but like, it's but she had the option. just a uniform. See, she had the option to like express herself. Yeah, no, herself. I'm just saying this to like Americans in general. Like, yeah. it's... Calm down. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. But she was like, she wanted to express herself, she wanted to get into more social situations, because she just wasn't getting that. She was so focused in private school on like her grades, her sports and all that. She wanted to just be, be a teenager. She wanted to be a kid, yeah. Yeah, Because she sense. is a child. She yeah. is 12 years old. So um, she asked to go to public school and her parents obliged. They said yes. Because she was a straight A student. You want to make a child happy. Exactly. She was everything that they wanted and they didn't think that anything was going to change because she was a good kid. She had never done anything wrong. She talked to them. She had good grades. So they said, why not? Yeah. Who was that calling? My sister. Okay. <laughs> also, can I just say for once, the notification isn't from me. <laughs> yes. No, my sister is calling me. No. Um, 
<laughs> the family moved to New Albany, Indiana, in June 1991, and Shanda enrolled at Hazelwood Middle School, which is where Amanda and Melinda were going to school. So, when Shanda moved to the same school as them, Amanda and Melinda became aware of her pretty quickly. Um, Amanda and Shanda actually got into a fight the first week oh. she was there, just a little like scuffle, and they had detention together. And in detention, they started talking and they became friends. They got close. Oh. They, yeah, they okay. They so quickly that formed beef. a bond. That's good. Yeah, so they yeah. quickly formed a bond. Um, this made Melinda extremely mad because she now sees that her girlfriend is eyeing off the new girl, and she doesn't like that. Because nobody she stepped into her territory. Threatened. Absolutely. Yeah. Nobody stepped into her territory before, and then here is this new girl coming in, stealing all of her attention. And she is very dependent on Amanda at this stage. So yeah. they have this us against the world, and now something's coming in the way of that. So she began bullying Shanda, of course, because you know you don't take it out on the person who's actually you yeah. yeah no, <laughs> it's never not. it's never the person who you should be aiming it at. But um, yeah. yes. Melinda was very unsteady and immediately showed her jealousy. And she started bullying Shanda really badly. She'd call her names. She spread rumours about her, all that. Um, but this didn't stop Amanda and Shanda from getting closer. They began to feel more for each other in more of a romantic way than just a friendship now. So Amanda was playing both of these girls. She had right. the, she had the attention of two really pretty girls because I'll post a picture on the Instagram. But Shanda and Melinda are gorgeous. I like, think I saw a, like a photo of your yeah. shoulder when I was both of them. This morning. Both of them are gorgeous, gorgeous girls. Yeah. So Amanda has the attention of both of these girls. She's loving it. She can't choose between them. And well, you don't think that it's gonna end like this. Yeah. <laughs> really. Um. So, Melinda tried to become friends with Shanda in order to stop her from pursuing Amanda. Yeah. So, Melinda sort of was like trying to instill girl codes. So like, you know, that's my girlfriend. You wouldn't try to steal my girlfriend because we're friends, right? Yeah. Yeah, that sort of thing. Sorry, um, I was... Cause we're it's eleven forty five now, so I was wondering how long it would take to get to my dentist appointment. I've got two wisdom teeth coming through, and I need them removed. I was so. looking at her, wondering why she was on her phone. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was seeing how far away it was. Is it all good? It's forty minutes away, so as long as we leave by twelve fifty, we'll be fine. That's an, over an hour away. Okay, so we're fine. I was just making sure we have enough time to finish recording. No, it's okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, was like, I promise I was listening. <laughs> okay. So, here comes the notes. Now, I had read a book for this case. It is called Cruel Sacrifice by someone that I yeah, will tell you Yeah, you had to up on your phone. Um, yes, it's available on Amazon and Kindle Cloud Reader. Such a good book. It has <laughs> all of the notes and everything in it from that were exchanged between the girls. I haven't put all of them in. I've put quite a few in, but not all of them. They're all available in the book. And it is amazing. It goes into so much detail and it's got things that like aren't available anywhere else. And yeah, it's really, really good read. I will put it in the show notes for you guys. So this is a note from Melinda that she wrote to Shanda. Shanda, don't be mad at me, please. I want to be your friend. I just don't like when you speak to Amanda when I'm not there. 
I mean, why can't we all three be friends? You act as if you've got something going with her. Amanda and I are going together, and she loves me, and I love her, and she only wants to be friends with you. You need to accept that. Shanda, Amanda told me that you're going through bad times. Well, if you need someone to talk to, you can always come with, talk to me. I don't want you sneaking behind my back. Why don't you speak to Amanda when she's with me? You need to find a boyfriend because Amanda is mine. You can even ask her. Please talk to both of us or you can forget about Amanda. You, me and Amanda need to have a talk and get this squared away. Then we can all be friends. Sorry I'm writing so sloppy. Can you meet us at lunch? Your friend, Mel. You can tell it's the money. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, this definitely. Is, yeah, so these are the sort of notes that are going around. And she basically told Shannon, like, you can either talk to Amanda when I'm there or not at all. Right. So she was being very possessive, very controlling. I love how... Is it Shay? Shanda? Shanda. Um, I love how Shanda's like, you know, I know I'm technically the side bitch, but you can go find a boyfriend. Was it Shanda who said that or...? No, Melinda said that to Shanda. Okay. So Melinda's saying this to Shanda, who's the new girl. Okay, I thought like it was Melinda and then Shanda. No, no, no. Okay. No, it was all Melinda? Yeah, so Melinda told Shanda to go get a boyfriend and stop. Okay, okay, I got very confused. Yeah. It's very, there's so much. There's yeah. so much going on. Okay. So, this still didn't work, and this love triangle was reaching a boiling point. It was just going and going and going. Amanda was paying more and more attention to Shanda and less to Melinda, and Melinda was getting angrier and angrier, and it was just all spilling over. So, Melinda then wrote a note to Amanda. And this is the one that I, I, I feel like we've all written notes like this and that's why I can't. Okay, anyway, Melinda wrote a note to Amanda saying, Amanda, why did you write her fucking name on your folder? It hurt so much when I saw it. I didn't think you would put her ugly name on your folder and you wrote it. You must have liked her enough to write her, na her name. Why? Well, I'm gone, Melinda. P.S. Just tell me you like her once because I know. I'm sorry, that that just throws me back to like year eight, year nine. <laughs> yeah. But like, Amanda is like playing both of these girls. Oh yeah, so like it is. Amanda's kind of, kind of being a bitch. But you, and again, it's high school and you don't think that it's gonna end like this. No. So, there was a school dance. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. Yes. Oh, indeed. God, this really is so, a chick flick. Oh, absolutely. It yeah. literally is. Except that it ends in Moida. Moida. The mean girl's gone wrong. <laughs> okay, there was a school dance. So, Melinda had said to Shanda she probably wasn't going to go. Um, you know, she was like, oh, I'm just going to go see a movie. That's okay. I don't really, I don't really want to go. So that's yeah. what she's telling Shanda. Now, she's telling Amanda that she doesn't necessarily want to go. But if but if Amanda is going to go, then she's only going to be taking Melinda. So, yeah. yeah. So, to Shanda, she's saying, I'm not going to go. That's all good. Like, I'll just probably go see a movie or something. And then to Amanda, she's saying, I don't know if you're going, but if you are, you're going with me. Right. Now, neither of them think that Melinda is going because she's told them she's not. Shanda and Amanda go together to this dance. Right. And Melinda shows up. Ooh. Yes. So Melinda sees this, gets very angry and jealous. She chases Shanda around, threatening her, telling her she's going to hurt her. 
all of the things. Yeah. All of the things. So, <sighs> another note shared between Amanda and Shanda said, Shanda, hey girly, were you mad at me when I let you go? It seemed as if you were because you slammed your phone down. Well, you wanted to know if I'm in love. You think you love me, but deep down you probably really don't. Like you said, you may not ever stop liking me. I hope not, because I might have to shoot you up. No, just joking. Don't get me wrong, I like you and everything, but I like Melinda too. But you got to understand, I knew her a lot longer, about a year. She says the same thing. She says she's in love with me, and she didn't really know till about two or three months after she knew me. But I'm not saying I wouldn't kiss you. I would love to. I never said I wouldn't make love to you. I don't know what to do. I have two beautiful girls who like me and I, just, and I don't know what to do. Shanda, I can't say I love you because I just don't know. I like you. I don't want you to be mad at me. I hope you never stop liking me because I look forward to a good future with you. Please still like me, okay? Please try to write me back or talk to me and tell me what you think. But Shanda, I never want you to quit loving me. I think it's sweet you say you love me. I love it when you say I love you in sixth period. Please don't stop saying it. So Amanda cannot make up her mind. She does no. not know what she wants. She has this attention from Shanda. She's who, a playboy. Well, absolutely. But also, you have to think about, like, she's in a scary relationship with Melinda. Melinda's been abusing her for I feel like job. she's in denial well, with Melinda's also, relationship as well. She's also now seeing, oh, it doesn't have to be like this. It can be like this. Yeah. You know, like, she's... She wants the best of both worlds. She does. I don't think that she wants to hurt Melinda because honestly, everybody's scared of Melinda. Yeah. I think that she's probably scared to break up with her, but she also does still want to be with her. Yeah. So she wants the best of both worlds. She's going through all of these different things. I mean, on top of that, you're 15. Like, there's a lot going on at 15. When you're 15, you feel like the whole world's falling apart. Exactly. And like, Shane is 12. She's yeah. a baby. Like, no one here knows what's actually going on. Yeah. <laughs> or what they want. Or what to do about it. So, it's a lot. So, <laughs> Shanda's parents are finding explicit letters Ooh. from Amanda. Yeah. So, Melinda's and Amanda's parents are also finding letters. So, Amanda and... Melinda were actually banned from seeing each other, but they still snuck communication, obviously. Yeah. And then Shanda's parents are finding explicit letters from Amanda. So, um, sexual letters. Yeah. And they're asking Shanda about it. Because, you know, like, your 12-year-old's getting explicit like letters from another girl at school. Like, Most 12-year-olds don't think about that. Um, so they ask her if she's in a physical relationship with Amanda, and she's lying to them. She's not being honest with them anymore and like that's not like her yeah so they ban her from seeing amanda and of course they start talking again they sneak communication they've gone on a date at this point they've gone on a really really cute date melinda amanda's done with melinda she's like no i'm gonna take my business over to shanda we're gonna be happy all good great but yeah. um now they've been banned from seeing each other they're still communicating though. Shanda's parents think that it's time to put her back in a private school. They think this is this was Gone too worth hard. trying but it's not working. Her grades have dropped. She's getting in all these fights. She's getting in trouble at school. 
she's seeming really stressed and depressed because she's being threatened by this girl. She's in this insane love triangle. So they're like, alright, we are going to put you in a private school. So she yeah. gets put back into a private school. She starts thriving. Her grades go up. She's happier. She's doing sports again. She's got a great relationship with her parents. Everything's good. And then she starts talking to Amanda again. <laughs> oh, God. Cue the second school dance. <laughs> oh. In which Shanda is already going to a different school now. So she's not allowed in the school dance. But Amanda is trying to sneak her in. Melinda sees all this, loses her shit, and tells Amanda to tell Shanda that she doesn't love her and that she doesn't want to be with her in front yeah. of the entire school. And she does. Because she, she's scared? Yeah. We'll get to it. Okay. And she, Melinda then says to Shanda, if you ever talk to Melinda again, I will fucking kill you. Right. A lot of people heard this. But they did, again, they weren't thinking that she was actually going to kill her. Yeah. Now, Shanda can't get in because, you know, she doesn't go to that school. So, but then Amanda sends her a letter saying, I, I do love you. I just, I'm scared for you. Like, we can't be together because Melinda's going to hurt you. And Shanda's parents are finding these letters too. Like, they're finding letters with explicit stuff for, between her and Amanda. And also letters from Amanda saying that Melinda is going to hurt her. Yeah. And how how much danger she's in by being with her. So Any parent's going to be scared. It's a very scary thing. So. Let's get to the kidnapping and murder portion of this. I'm going to need to go back. We'll rewind okay. about the other girls involved in this story. Hence the girl, other girls involved in the murder of Shanda Sher. Yeah. So. We have Melinda Loveless, yep. which we've already talked about. Now we have 17-year-old Laurie Tackett, 15-year-old Hope Rippey, and 15-year-old Tony Lawrence. Okay. So, Laurie Tackett is 17 years old. She is friends with Melinda. Um, they sort of became friends through like a punk rock sort of scene. They would go to like concerts together. They were in sort of like the occult type thing. They were yeah. just sort of like edgy teenagers, basically. Yeah. They were in the sort of sa the same sort of group. Like they were just they were friends. Now, Laurie was friends with Hope Rippy, who was fifteen. She sort of like saw her as a sister. She didn't really have many other friends, but she she like she cared about her. She treated her like a sister. Yeah. And Hope Rippy had a best friend named Tony Lawrence. Who is 15. So Hope Rippy, Tony Lawrence, both 15, they go to the same school and Hope is connected to Laurie Tackett and Laurie is new friends with Melinda. Yeah. It's a lot. Laurie Tackett sort of had a similar upbringing to Melinda. She was very, very disturbed. She had told everyone that she was destined to that she thought that she was destined to kill someone. And she wanted to know what it felt like to kill someone. Right. She was very deeply disturbed. She grew up in a very, very religious household in the sense of her parents were also weaponizing religion yeah. and using it as an abuse yeah. form. Her mum even caught her trying to change into a pair of jeans 
for school one time. She wasn't allowed to wear any jeans or any type of pants whatsoever. So she then tried to strangle her. Oh my god. Yes. So she escaped from her own mother after her mother tried to strangle her for trying to wear jeans and escaped. But it was just a whole thing. And so she's a very disturbed teenager and it, involved with Melinda. It's just a bad mix now. And so then there's Hope Rippy and Tony Lawrence. They're not really as involved as the main two. Yeah. So. Alrighty. I guess we're going to get into the murder. Now, on January 10th, 1992, Tony, Hope and Laurie drove from Madison, Indiana to New Albany, Indiana to pick up Melinda. Tony and Hope had only met Melinda on one other occasion, so they weren't, they didn't really know Melinda that well. Laurie yeah. was more friends with Melinda. Um, the plan was for the four girls to go to a rock concert in Louisville, but on the way, Laurie asked Tony, do you know what the plan is tonight? She replied with saying they were going to a concert and hanging out for the night. And Laurie replied with, yeah, but we're also going to kill a little girl. Because that's what she is. A child. Yeah. The girls then drove to Jeffersonville, where Shanda spent weekends with her father. Laurie and Hope went up to knock on the door because Shanda had never met them. Yep. She didn't know who they were. Um, they then told her that Amanda, that they were friends with Amanda and Amanda had sent them to go get her because she wanted to meet her that night. Oh. So she's not getting to see Amanda, like they're communicating, but they have also been banned from seeing each other. So these two girls come up, they knock on the door saying, Amanda wants to go see you, we're friends of hers. She sent us. And she come jumps get on you. the occasion. Absolutely. Of yeah. course she would. She misses her. She loves her. She's, you know, like this is... Yeah. Yeah. Um... So, Shanna then told them to come back at midnight because her father was home and she knew he wouldn't let them yeah. go out together. And later he said, I knew that they didn't know her. She had told him that they were friends of hers. And he was like, but they asked, is Shanna home? Like, I knew that they didn't know her. And, I, and she was right, I wasn't going to let her go out with yeah. them. So she waited until he was asleep and they came back to get her. The girls then went to the concert in Louisville and later returned to Shannon's home to pick her up. Melinda had hidden in the car, covered with a blanket, raised a surprise Shanda when she got in the car. Because obviously she knows who Shanda is. Yeah. So Sorry, Shannon knows who Melinda is, so yeah. she couldn't leave. Yeah, yeah. So she had to hide. When Hope and Laurie went to lure Shanda out, Hope even went up to Shanda's room with her to pick out an outfit to see Amanda. So she went up to her room with her and was like, oh, you yeah, know, like Amanda would like to, like, oh, this is really pretty, like, helping her pick out an outfit because she thought she was going to see her girlfriend. That's psychotic. But. Yeah. Shanda got into the middle front seat of the car where Melinda then jumped up from the back and held a knife to her throat. The girls then brought Shanda to a place called the Witch's Castle, a local hangout for teachers. So it was like an outdoor sort of ruin type thing where local teenagers hung out, I'm assuming, smoked some weed and <laughs> did some occulty things. You know, the, 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 the things. Yeah. Um, Laurie and Melinda dragged Shanta from the car into what was known as the dungeon area of the witch's castle. Right. Which was outside. It was like an altar type thing. Like it was just sort of like trees outside and they, they tied her up and threatened her with a knife. 
and they also lit a shirt on fire for light and Laurie turned to her and said, look Shanda, this will be you soon. What the fuck? She's 12. This is going to break your heart. They then stripped her down to her underwear, taking off all of her jewellery, including a Mickey Mouse watch. Remember, she's 12. Yeah. She was- She's barely at puberty. I'm trigger warning for everything that happens next. She was ruthlessly beaten. Laurie and Melinda then held her down while Melinda attempted to slit her throat with the knife. But it was too dull. Melinda then tried even standing on the knife to add pressure to it, still oh. trying to slit Shanda's throat, but it was unsuccessful. So she couldn't slit her throat. The knife was too dull. Yeah. She then took the knife, stood on it, put her body's weight on it, trying to slit her throat, and it still was unsuccessful. Still the damage and the pain that would have caused? Absolutely. You're crushing so much. And so, yeah. So she's being held down, screaming while this is all going on. Meanwhile, Tony and Hope were sitting in the car. However, Hope had gotten out to help Laurie and Melinda pin Shanda down at one stage. And then Hope came back into the car. Tony asked why she was helping them, and she said, no, I was trying to help Shanda, but she clearly wasn't. Yeah. Um, Tony wasn't very... She wasn't act, an active participant in this. She stayed in the car the whole time. She was a bystander. She was a bystander, but she also didn't help her. Yeah. And there were several points where she could have. They... At the concert, she was because away from them. When they went to Shanda's house, those two knew what the other two girls' intentions were for Shanda. They could have told. So they could have told her. They could have gone, tell your dad, call the fucking cops. And they never fucking did. There was so much that they that she could have done to yeah. help. And she didn't. So she does still get jail time. The girls then put Shanda in the boot trunk. Right. Um, when I was researching this, it said trunk on everything, but like we call it a boot. So, so in Australia, we call a trunk like the back of a car a boot. So yeah, boot just sounds better. Trunk. I guess it doesn't really make that much. I don't know. Like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna say trunk from the rest of it because that's what like every time I was researching it, it just said trunk. So yeah, they put Shanda in the boot slash trunk of the car thinking that they'd killed her. So they had ruthlessly beaten her, they'd tried slitting her throat, they'd stripped her, they had taunted her, threatened her. They thought she was dead. Yeah. The four girls then drove back to Laurie's house and planned what to do next. So they were just sitting around, drinking some soda, planning what to do with the body that they thought you know, they thought they'd killed Shanda, so they were yeah. now planning what to do, what to do for the They obviously step. didn't think this through because, like, well, no, clearly not. What would they do after that? What? Like, yeah, it's not like no one's gonna go looking for fucking Shanda. Well, yeah, she's twelve years old. Like, her parents are very active in her life. Her dad had told her that she wasn't allowed to go out. Like, he was, he was aware that these girls came around. Absolutely, yeah. So, like, he, it's not, and like, he would have seen them. Yeah. So, no, and it's not like this was pain. out of the blue for Shanda either, exactly, because you've gone through a little bit of a rebellious stage, I feel like, with Amanda. A little bit, yeah, so, and so they were trying to get her away from all of that. Yeah. So, yeah, it was very... It was obvious who 
could be linked to it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, they didn't I mean they're... And she got a death threat. The eldest, seriously? The eldest girl here is 17, so they yeah. are not thinking, clearly, obviously. No. Obviously. So while drinking soda and planning what to do with Shanda, they hear a noise coming from the trunk as the, of the car, as well as the dog barking outside. Laurie then went outside, lifted the trunk, and began to stab Shanda several more times. In the middle of the street. They were parked on the road, just in the street. And she just lifted the trunk and began stabbing her. With a kitchen knife. She grabbed a kitchen knife and she went out and started stabbing her. Once again, thinking Shanda was dead. Laurie came back covered in blood, suggesting to Melinda that they drive around with Shanda in the trunk until they were sure that she was dead. Because, you know, they thought she was dead before. Clearly she wasn't. Yeah. So they... So she, she suggested, you know, like, how about we take her and just let her bleed out in the back, wait till she's properly dead. Yep. So, that's what they did. Every time they heard her wake up and start screaming, Laurie would pull over so she and Melinda could beat and sexually assault Shanda with a tire iron. Oh my god. Which is that thing that you use to, like... Yeah, get, get the bolts off. Yeah. 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 So this is Laurie and Melinda, and Hope and Tony are back at Laurie's house. Once again, having plenty of time to, to do something, to do anything to help her. Tell her she was talk. still alive at this point. Yeah. Like, if she not, would be very scarred afterwards, but she'd be alive. She was, she would have had a lot of damage, but she could have made it. Yeah. There was, yeah, there was so many points where they could have done anything, something, just anything. Yeah. So they, every time she made a noise, they pulled over, they beat her and sexually assaulted her with a tire iron. At one stage, Laurie even returned to the car saying to Melinda, it was so cool. I could feel her head caving in after she had beaten her head in with a oh tire iron. Oh my God. And she was still alive at this stage. A couple of hours later, after returning to Laurie's house and picking up the other two girls, they drove to a gas station and bought a bottle of Pepsi, emptying out, emptying it out, and then filling the bottle with gasoline. So like petrol. Can you hear my dog howling in the background? Yeah. <laughs> He's so cute. He is. They then drove to a remote location. He's so loud. He's extremely deaf. So, like, when he does hear something, it catches his attention and he starts howling like this. Oh, yeah. Precious baby. Should I let him in? Okay, let me pause this Let's real pause. quick. Okay. Papa is inside. All good. If he hears <laughs> some noises, it's because he's fussy and it's okay. he he's not howling. Likes to lick okay. his non existent balls. <laughs> yeah. So he likes to act like there's something there, but they're really. Oi! Look! He's doing it right now! You're being indecent. <laughs> oh, you look so cute. You gave you just then. I'm sorry, sorry leave him. I love you. Let him lick his non-existent balls. Okay. Anyway, gasoline. He's not howling. Yeah. Yes, they bought a bottle of Pepsi, dumped it out, and filled it with gasoline. Petrol for Australians. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, because our gas is like actual g gas. Yeah. Like a air gas. Yes. Gas. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's like petrol. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. So they then drove to a remote location directed by Hope, who claimed to still have done nothing along this time. She she was the one who got out and 
was helping Shanda right. quite upright where she was actually yeah. helping pin Shanda down. Yes. So um, they drove to a remote location, directed by Hope, um, past Jefferson Proving Ground, with Shanda still in the trunk. They dragged her out, dumped her on the ground, and covered her with a red blanket. And Tony said later that she saw Sh um, Shanda clutch at the blanket when they did this. Oh my god. She's 12. So they covered her with a blanket and Tony saw her clutch at the blanket. Yeah. Because she was still alive at this point. They then poured gasoline over her and Laurie and Melinda proceeded to light her on fire. After sitting in the car, laughing hysterically, Melinda got out and walked over to Shanda, saying to the girl she wanted to make sure that Shanda was dead. She poured the remaining gasoline over Shanda's face and body, and the girls then left and got breakfast together at McDonald's, because it was early morning at this point. Oh my god. Yes, so they had done all this, they, went, they then went to get breakfast at McDonald's and laugh about what they'd done. That same morning, Shen's burned body was found by two men who were hunting in the area and the police were called. Shen's father Steve had also woken up and realised his daughter was missing. He called her mother, Jackie, and they filed a missing persons report. This was rough. So, <sighs> yeah. The autopsy report stated Shanda had suffered multiple stab wounds all over her body, as well as ligature marks to her wrists. Soot was found in her upper airway, confirming that she was alive when she was lit on fire, and had died by smoke, by smoke inhalation of her own burning body. There was also evidence that Shanda had been raped and sodomized with an odd-shaped object, likely the tire iron. What the fuck? Yeah. Meanwhile, Hope and Tony had cracked, because they were 15, they had cracked and turned themselves into police. You know, because they can't handle the... Uh, Emotional burden no, at 15 years old killing a 12-year-old. No, insane 15-year-old will be able to keep that in. Like, seriously? No. Oh, what, you can't handle the emotional trauma of killing a 12-year-old? Funny that. Melinda and Laurie were at Melinda's for a sleepover. Sleeping, because, you know, they are horrendous, horrendous people. Yeah. Um, and were ripped from her room by police at 2.30am the following day. Good. Yeah, police surrounded the home and ripped them from her bed. Let's get into the trial. Tony and Hope had a separate trial to Laurie and Melinda because uh, Laurie, Laurie and Melinda were facing the death penalty. Yeah. Um, they were all tried as adults. Okay. Because the state declared that these crimes were of adult nature. Right. While at the trial of Tony and Hope, Shanda's father, Steve, spoke to the both of them, saying to Tony, You have no idea the problem you have caused to our family as we try to cope with this. It's very hard to understand why you didn't stop this from happening. He then looked at Hope, saying, May you rot in hell with the rest of your murdering friends. I stand by that statement. Mm -hmm. 
Jackie also showed a slideshow at the trial of baby photos of Shanda and um, I'm not sure if it was Hope or Tony but they looked down and she turned to the judge and said can you order them to look and he did he said good look so fucking good yeah they were forced to watch a slideshow of the child that they had killed all four girls were tried as adults in December 1992 for the kidnapping, torture, and murder of Shanda Cher. Tony Lawrence was sentenced to a maximum of 20 years and was released after serving only nine. Hope Rippey was sentenced to 60 years but appealed this and got a reduced sentence of 35 years. She was released after serving only 12. Laurie Tackett was sentenced to 60 years in prison and was released in 2018 after serving only 26 years. Melinda Loveless was also sentenced to 60 years in prison and was released in 2019 after serving 27 years. While in prison, Melinda was involved in a program where she trained dogs and became very well known at really just being the best of the best there. Yeah. Um, it was a way of rehabilitating her and it seemed to work. And how's this for an actual angel on earth? Shanda's mum, Jackie, even donated a puppy named Angel and asked Melinda to train it in Shanda's honour. Oh, uh, how big of a person do you have to be I to be able to do that? I would not be able to do that. Yeah. If that was my child she who was murdered, and I would not be able to do she that. She got a lot of shit for it too. People, oh, gave, yeah. people gave her shit for doing that. And she said, you don't know my child like I know my child. This is what my child would have wanted. She would have known her child best. Absolutely. And she said, this is what my child would have wanted. And I mean, that's a dog that's going to, uh, so these, so she would, it was, it's a program where, um, prisoners would train dogs to work with kids or, uh, disabled people. Yeah. 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 So that's, I mean, it's going towards something good. Yeah. She's trying to make something good out of this. And as far as everyone can tell the they've been released and they are rehabilitated but who knows only time will tell because the two worst of the girls have only been released in the past three years yeah so um so Laurie Tackett was released in 2018 and yeah. Melinda Loveless was released in 2019 yeah yeah so like only time will tell if they've actually been rehabilitated Absolutely. or not yeah I would say that Hope Rippey and Tony Lawrence yeah. possibly have. They were both 15 at the time, and Melinda was 16, and Laurie was 17. Yeah. Yeah. And Laurie and Melinda both faced the death penalty, but they took plea deals to uh, take that off the table. Yeah. Yes. I do think, personally, that they should have received a lot more time in prison. They should have... They were young, so I feel like death penalty was a bit much, but yeah. they should have served more time. I absolutely think they should have served more time, because they were, like like we've said, they were very young when they yeah. went in, which means that them coming out, they still have their entire lives ahead of them. There are things that I said when I was age that I would not say now or do not believe now. Like, no. we change in those years. You know, like, <laughs> Tony Lawrence only served nine years. She was 15 when she went in. So she would have been, what, 24 when she came out? Yeah. 
That's you've got your entire life ahead of you. Most people would have been done by with uni by then. Like it's like, yeah. They have still their entire lives ahead of them to do whatever they want after yeah. taking someone else's. Shanda doesn't get that chance. I no. do believe that they should have had a lot more time in prison. Or at least um Melinda and what's her other name? Lori. Lori. Yeah. I also think that Hope should have too because she helped them and she likes to claim that she didn't do anything, but she did. Yeah. She is also just as much of a Even monster. bystanders to a degree participated because See, they could have Tony, done something to stop it. Well Tony, like I, I get being scared in that situation. Oh yeah, Absolutely. of course. You don't want to be the one. Melinda and Laurie are psychos. You don't yeah. want to be on the receiving end of that. No. But there was times where she was alone. She could have gotten help. The police would have been there. She would have. She would have been out of reach from. Although the granted, girls. they did get out in basically slap on the wrist. They got like no time at all. So yeah, they could still possibly come after her. But like, there was so much that she could have done to save. A child's life. Yeah. And it just, it broke me when, like, she clutched the blanket. Yeah. And she died by smoke inhalation of her own body. The things that she went through. And the family. What they had to deal with knowing what she went through. And also, um, her dad had a lot of guilt after that. Thinking he could have stopped it by, like, making sure. Oh, yeah, sure. of course he would. Absolutely, yeah. Or, uh, like, just making sure that they... That she wasn't involved with this Amanda Melinda situation. Yeah. Amanda was told later on. So Melinda, after they finished murdering Shanda, had called Amanda and said, I killed Shanda. And, Mel and Amanda goes, no, you didn't. I don't believe you. Because she'd said it a lot. Yeah. She'd basically been telling everyone that she wanted to kill Shanda. She thought it was which... all bark, no bite. Yes. Yeah. And um, Amanda had come over. Melinda showed her the trunk where Shanda had been, where she saw blood and handprints from Shanda. Yes. In which she realised that Melinda wasn't lying and she had actually killed Shanda. So, love triangles, eh? Damn. Yeah, that was a rough case. That was a really rough one. Yeah, it's been it's been like one of my favourite cases. I hesitate to say favourite. Been something that I've been most memorable. Absolutely. I feel like people. I've had people attack me for saying favorites. I find that most memorable is like a yeah good middle ground. It's a case that I've been very interested in since the moment I heard it. Yeah. And I yeah. And it was very different. It's to very any of the cases we've done so far. It's very rare because we listen to a lot of murder podcasts and we watch a lot of these documentaries. So it's very rare that we actually get shaken up from one of these cases. Oh yeah, absolutely. But this one. Yeah. This one has fucked with me. I tried so hard not to cry reading it. Just because yeah. all of the little things that you just think like she was still alive that entire time. And yeah. It just, it's so hard. So, um, the book that I'm going to put in the show notes is Cruel Sacrifice by Aphrodite Jones. Hang on, Des is making his bed. <laughs> Yes, Cruel Sacrifice by Aphrodite Jones. Um, and it is about basically the, the murders and everything. It goes into the background of all of the girls. Yeah. All of them. There's a... Um, find a spot. <laughs> Good boy. It goes into the background of all the girls, all their upbringings, who they were as people. Yeah. Um, everything before she moved, after she moved. It goes into like the school dances in more detail. It has witness accounts from... 
each little thing. Yeah. It has all of the notes shared between the girls. I only put in a few. There's yeah. so many more. So many more. So if you would like to go check that out, I highly recommend it. Um, if you've got Kindle Unlimited, it is free. And I don't know how much it is if you don't, but I don't think that it'd be a lot. Yeah. But it's a very, very good read, and he deserves so much credit. He, okay. So much credit, because the amount of work put into this book, and the amount of research, and yeah. the amount of first-hand accounts, letters, court documents, there's a lot. So, yeah, definitely worth a read. Um, apart from that, if you would like to follow us on Instagram, where I will post the photos, it's Terra Astralis Podcast. I'll post the photos of all the girls and as much as I can find on it. Um, follow us uh, on TikTok, the same as Instagram, Terra Astralis Podcast. I've been meaning to make a link tree that has all of our different socials and yeah. put the link everywhere. I just um, haven't gotten around to it. Email us. Tell us your tarot tales. We haven't gotten any emails yet, but if you have any serial killers you'd like us to talk you about also or hometown murders. So if you don't want us to say your name, Send in the tarot tales. Make sure you tell us not to say your name. All that. Well, I think we should just make it a habit to only say, like, the first name if they... Yeah. Like, oh, well, most people only do that anyway. But I've if you had have, some last names as well. But if you would like to send us a tarot tale, put tarot tales in the subject line, write your story, and we will make an episode reading them all. Um, that's tarotstylespodcast at gmail.com. Um... I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. So next week will be Teresa's episode. Yes. Are you doing it? <laughs> no. I literally figured out what I was doing last night. So I was like, oh, I don't yeah. know what to do. And then I listened to this again. I was like, oh my god. I you know, there's been so many podcasts that I listen to where they're like, oh my god, I had all week to do this, but I only started doing it last night. And like starting this, I was like, yeah, we've got a week to do these episodes. I'll do them beforehand. I always and think like, that I'm going to. <laughs> We, you have an excuse. You work full time. I don't. I'm just depressed. <laughs> so many people work full time and still manage it. It's just I've got very, very long hours at the moment. It's not always going to be like this, guys. It's just I've got for now. We're just very busy at the moment, so we've got extended hours. Yeah. I'm at work for like eleven hours a day. So by the time I factor in sleep and all that, it's not very much. I'm just moody because I'm depressed and I've got my wisdom teeth stabbing me in the cheek like it's kind of like doing that okay, at the moment and taking her to get them checked out today she was gonna drive I herself see no I don't know if it's a consultation or if they're actually gonna take one of them out I literally messaged her I was like you can't drive yourself to your own dentist appointment dummy like I'll take you <laughs> well I normally would yeah. um but I've never been to this dentist because we're going to a different place than what we did with my older brother Okay. So well, you're not driving yourself. Okay, you can and be on board. So we need support. to go get food before. So we need to leave earlier because we need to get food. Okay, well before. it's twelve twenty-seven now, so we can leave to get food, and we're ready to leave. Yeah. So, okay. Because you well, won't be able to eat afterwards, and I'm assuming that you want food. Because yeah. I want food, so that usually means that you also want food. Okay. <laughs> 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 okay. Um. Thank you guys for listening and we will catch you next week. Bye Terrace. Bye.
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 